Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCSE.com podcast. This is episode number three and today's guest is Kamal Ellis-Hyman. Hello and welcome to the Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. We are here today with Kamal Ellis-Hyman who, weirdly enough, we used to teach way back in the day mm-hmm. and now is an actual proper grown-up, which <laughs> is frankly scaring us a little bit. But um, to give you a bit of background, Kamal was youth MP for Peterborough. He has, uh, in 2005, won the National Entrepreneur Award by Peter Jones. Am I getting that right? Yeah, something along those lines. 15. 2015. 2005, I was probably in your class. <laughs> Did I say 2005? Dear me. I'm not sure we should be doing this in the morning. I'm clearly still asleep. Um, so uh, he's now running Aim a Little Higher, which uh, I'm going to let him explain a little bit more about. Awesome. Yeah, so aim a little higher. Um, basically, what we do is we get to travel the UK, speaking in schools, um, primary schools, sixth forms, colleges, um, and we we started off providing these motivational speeches. It'd be like an hour, um, really high energy, really interactive to just give students a boost. And then we realised we were sort of coming in once, making an impact and disappearing. So we now deliver workshops. Um, we deliver like six week programs. We're working on a year long program. Because we want to be there like consistently, and the mission is really trying to be like the big brother to these students and be like a consistent adult with giving them some positivity. So, yeah, it's what we get to do weekly. It's awesome. So, what sort of age group are you uh, working with generally? Um, I'd say mostly I get called for year tens and year twelves, mostly. However, um, do a lot of year elevens, a lot of year nines, and primary schools. We've got like a digital program called How to Be a Superhero. So I'll go in three times, but for six weeks they get a daily video with a mission about a different aspect of what makes a superhero a superhero, um, which was an excuse to talk about superheroes, but actually <laughs> <laughs> has also been really helpful for the kids to get their heads around things like resilience and communication and focus and that kind of thing. So, oh, it's awesome. It's the best thing I've ever done. So did I, I I'm, I'm having vague memories of seeing something on Twitter where they were wearing capes. Graduation day, yeah, on graduation nice. day they come in in their, whatever they want to wear, whatever special uniform or uh, favourite superhero costume and they get their certificates and they Fantastic. come up to the front with like Spider-Man theme tune playing and yeah, it's awesome. Uh-huh. And tell the truth, is that an excuse for you to wear a superhero 100%, costume 100%, well? <laughs> 100%. I get my little eye mask, my, my cape and I'm feel. I feel young again. It's beautiful. Yeah, I need to see a picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> and are you your own superhero, or are you a like? I'm always Batman if I have to choose. Oh no, obviously. I'm a I'm um copyright free. I'm just super Kamal awesome. <laughs> <laughs> from Aim a Little Higher HQ. Nice. So um, I think probably the the most common question we get at the moment is uh, how on earth do I get my child to actually care? Because mm. Parents, particularly it seems with boys, are really struggling to get um, to get their children to either admit that they want to do well or or actually want to do well. We're yeah. not entirely sure which one it is. So, what sort of advice could you could you give for people struggling with that sort of issue? Uh, so, the way we started out was sort of going and saying, "Hey, work harder, work harder. It'll be worth it. Work harder," and realised that that's not the language that they need to hear. So we sort of work backwards. We always start with know yourself, which is all about 
getting young people to actually think about who they are now, um, like who they are now, before we start talking about where you want to go and who you want to become. Because um, I think we spend a lot of time sort of saying, well, look, here's what you can do in the future, here's the benefits. And they're like, right, but I have no idea who I am now, let alone five, ten years down the line. Um, so I think where I was lucky is my parents spent a lot of time letting me sort of explore and get to figure out who I am and making it okay to mess up. Um, as long as I never lied, that was the one thing. It was like, mess up, make mistakes, just don't lie to us about it. And having that freedom to be a bit silly and try karate and want to leave after a few weeks and <laughs> <laughs> play football and have them watch me even though I'm, I was awful. And just <laughs> it just gave me that freedom to like, okay, let me just try everything. Um, so I think the first thing is supporting them to get to know themselves. And there's loads of ways to do it. We have this game called This or That that we play um, with students. And it's just binary questions. Hey, would you rather skydive or deep sea dive? Um, would you want to live the same area you grew up or go and move out? Would you like to work for a company or own your own? Do you discuss issues? Do you keep them to yourselves? And we do it for about half an hour. And all it is is just getting young people to go, oh, I'm a bit of both, but I'm mostly this. And just start to get comfortable and identifying themselves. Um, and that all came off the back of my first job in a bowling alley when I got asked to pick up some poo. And I oh, thought, ah, no. oh, maybe this isn't for me. And I went home and I got four blank pieces of paper and I wrote the word talent, skills, hobbies, education. Wrote down all my talents, but took away the power from the word talents, not thinking like Jay-Z, Beyonce, just anything I'm naturally good at. Wrote it down. Skills, anything I've learned. Hobbies, anything I enjoy. Sleeping is not a hobby. I what? say to students every single day of my life, it feels, <laughs> on that exercise, like you can't write sleeping as a hobby. But I really enjoy it. Like, no, you don't. You don't enjoy sleeping. You enjoy the feeling of waking up, you enjoy the idea of bed, but you don't enjoy sleeping. Um, and then education. But again, not grades, just what have you learned? So I had some teachers I didn't get along with. I learned how to sit in that class and still make it through to the end. I'm sorry if I was <laughs> It wasn't you. It wasn't you. I know, I'm not going to name names, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, like even learning how to manoeuvre around that situation, yeah. I wrote that down. I wrote in history, we had to do research, so I wrote researching down. Um, I learned how to get a free ice bun at lunchtime nice. with the rest of my meal, so I wrote negotiation down. How did you learn, to, how, how did you do that? Because that's made, an important skill I need to learn. <laughs> I made friends with Emma, who was like the boss lady. Oh, I was always, always yes. really nice to her. We love Emma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Emma was awesome, legend. And then I picked... I had two lunch ladies who like I got on really well. I was always really nice to, so I sort of get there and be like, oh, I've, <laughs> I've only got enough for the pizza and the drink. Can I get a nice bun, please? And this is outrageous. Give them the look <laughs> and they're like, oh, go on. And it's great. Nice. So the moral of the story is, if you are nice to people, you oh, get more yeah. stuff out of them. Oh my gosh, yes. I like this moral. But also, don't just be nice to them when you need the ice bun. Yeah, no, be nice all the time. We used to like go yeah. into Emma's office at lunch at break and just say hi. And yeah. see how she was, and go and take a nice bun on your way out. Like, oh, thank you, Emma. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but little things like that that we we think you know, oh, it's just part of the fun of school. Actually, it's a skill that you can use later on in life. Um, the negotiating of the playground. I remember year seven, and I never knew students could get that big, and just <laughs> negotiating where we stand and where we go and making friends with like two year 11 so at least there was someone older 
to have our backs in just all those little bits of school that you go through day to day but no one doesn't get graded you don't get like a certificate for surviving the playground <laughs> but actually help you in real life and we wrote all those down circled the top three started a business called the movement street dance academy taught street dance across peterborough until it failed which is beautiful yeah well I'm, I'm, that surprises me because you managed to teach me to tuck <laughs> yeah. which for those of you that don't know is when you do the little hand movements in dance and it's all very intricate and i was maybe six months pregnant at the yeah. time so I was roughly the size of a house which <laughs> must have made it a little more challenging but you were very patient with me it was, <laughs> it, to be fair it, it went well but we we could only do an hour after school club and we decided to both do the same clubs so it got to the point where we were like we can only ever do five schools and we we're like we haven't thought this through so yeah there was a really quick ceiling on the business which and, was great did he ever go into your classroom at lunchtime with a nice bun, just out of interest? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think he ever brought me a nice bun. Oh, okay. But again, you were nice to me as a teacher, and so I was happy for you to use my classroom at lunchtime yes. when Nothing you needed a rehearsal space. Because, yeah. you know, that's, that's just how it works. I try and teach students that you are a brand. You're not just like just another student. You're literally a brand. So the way you treat everyone, the way you carry yourself, the way you deal with... Um, teachers you don't like the way you do with arguments it's all going to come to back to your brand you yeah. don't leave school with just grades you leave school with a brand and that's why I like I know a school you need to go into <laughs> I'm not allowed to <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's, I can name a few I can name a couple but yeah it's like trying to create that complete package so I think as a parent if you can just let your child know it's okay to like experiment and figure out who they are um, and even if you can gamify it in some way, there's a great book called, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, Interview Me, and it's just a book of questions. Every page is like 20 questions, and it's just a really fun, I do it with my wife on long journeys, and just open it, all right, answer this, and it's just an awesome way of like speaking and hearing yourself and being like, oh, yeah. I've learned that about myself, and just the, the foundation of who are you, like who you are, and then let's talk about the future. So yeah, yeah. it's got to start there. Yeah, makes a lot of sense because I think that is why we we find a lot of students struggle with motivation is because yeah. if they don't know what they want to do because they don't know who they are, yeah. so they've got no clue about what they want to do when they leave school or who they want to be. And and to be honest, nowadays you don't just kind of leave school and become a thing. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a teacher from the very beginning because I knew that it was something I was good at. Mm -hmm. I am good at taking information and putting it into people's brains in a way that makes it click for them. Yeah. That is my probably top skill. And I knew that I wanted to be a teacher, but now, I mean, I'm kind of teaching. I'm yeah. still part of what, I'm still kind of part of the education system, but I'm not a teacher anymore. Yeah. And very few people now go into a career and stay in that career. You, know, you, you don't get in a job and then go, right, I'm going to work my way up until I run the company. That's, <laughs> because that's not how it works anymore. Yeah. And so all these skills that you're talking about, all the transferable stuff, the way that you build your character is something that you then take with you as your CV is, yeah, as you said, your, your brand. And students really struggle with seeing the future and actually kind of looking forward at what could I do because they there is no clear picture anymore it's not yeah. 
you know, I'm going to work in the local factory and, and that's that because they're yeah. my choices. There are so many different things that you can do now, aren't there? So Yeah, and even within uh, a thing. So I, I always say to the students, like, you've got the students who know exactly what they want to do. You've got people who have no idea. And then the in the middle people who I call, like, the something in. They're like, I just want to do something with sport, something with... And I'm sort of now saying, great, that's good. All I knew is I wanted to entertain people and I quite liked helping people. So acting made the most sense because I like Will Smith. But actually, becoming youth MP was like, oh, I get to help people. And I need to be engaging on the stage or they'll fall asleep. So now I entertain and help. And everything's just grown from those two things. So, yeah, if you can even just find your something in, something where I'm teaching people, something where I'm helping, something where I'm growing, where I'm get adrenaline or whatever those things are and then start mapping your career from that point. But all too often it's uh, the students who have no idea that yeah. in any school, any year 11, year 10 particularly, you ask them the question and so many times I don't know. So it's very difficult to have those goals if you yeah. don't know which direction you're headed to. That's why I liked your idea with the setting out the four different things and just making a note, you know, what, what can I do? What what do I do well, what skills do I have? Because sometimes sitting down and making it that black and white helps you figure out, Yeah. actually I hadn't really thought about it like that. I think the secret to parenting or to working with young people in general is just asking the right questions. So like my daughter comes home and I say, how was your day? And she's like, okay, like, what did you do? Nothing. What made you laugh today? Oh, Jamie made me laugh. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool. We've got yeah. to ask the right questions. So rather than what do you want to do or what do you want to be, which makes them panic and go, oh, I don't know. It's like, oh, what do you enjoy? What makes you happy? What inspires you? Um, what do you find easy? What did you used to find hard and now you find easy? Um, and sort of asking those questions that make them explore themselves. And the whole time you're listening going, ah, oh, okay. I'm getting a picture of who you are. I mean, we have a lot of parents who, who ask those questions. Uh, How was your day? And it is that answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off to yeah. the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. So I... I mean, everyone, I think, knows how to parent, but I think, well, they think they do. Yeah. But actually, asking the different questions, as you've just said, is probably fabulous advice. Yeah, I think, and and don't get me wrong, I think nobody knows how to parent and we're all just improvising every day. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I spend most of my life thinking, I'm probably doing this wrong. Yeah, oh, absolutely. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, so it's never like a thing of, like, this is how to parent, but, oh, my gosh, it made such a difference. And I've taken it into schools and when I work mm. with students, I just get a better response than, what do you want to be? I don't know. Oh, okay, what do you enjoy? Oh, I really like shopping, but that's not relevant. Whoa, 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 uh, hold on. Not? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and talk about personal shoppers in Harrods and yeah. those kind of things. Talk about um, fashion shoppers where they work for H&M, but they go and pick the line and the range. And they're like, you can do that? Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a whole industry called procurement based around buying things like... And with other people's money is brilliant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even better. So yeah, so it's really like getting them to, to understand fundamentally who they are, what they like, and then let's talk about careers because your suggestions will be based on things they like and there'll be things they've never heard of because we're not exposed to enough. No, it's a very true story. It's, uh, it's scary the number of children that you talk to and, and you say something yeah. like, you know, they say I like shopping and but I can't do that as a job well no you can yeah in this day and age there's pretty much anything you can do as a job yeah. the, the most niche of niche websites 
can be turned into yeah. a job. Um, and I was writing an article uh, not too long ago. We did a blog post on how to Google like a pro. Oh, nice. So all the little things like putting a minus sign in front of something you want to exclude. So if you mm. wanted to find out what Inception means and you just Google Inception, you get the movie. That's it. A Whereas brilliant if you, movie. if you put minus... Well, can't get my head around it <laughs> but anyway if you put minus movie then you get the definition and you get all the stuff that you're looking for I never for. knew that thank you so well <laughs> it's a blog post on parent go to gcse.com um, no I was, I was writing the article and I asked my daughter for an example of something that I could google that was a ridiculous question and she went oh no can you ride a zebra I was like well googled <laughs> it sure enough there is something out there about whether you can ride a zebra. There are pictures of people riding zebras. Oh Turns gosh. out you probably shouldn't because they don't really like it. They're not as domesticated and yeah. they might well bite you. But, um, but it's out there and someone has turned potentially that website into yeah. something that they can advertise on, mm -hmm. that they can monetize in some way. That can be a job. Yeah. And you can do stuff that you love and make it into a career. I, I, I love teaching, but I also love singing. And so one of the other things that I do in my spare time, which is one of my favourite things all week, is I run a choir. And yeah. we do songs we know and love, and it's super, super fun, and it helps pay the bills. Yeah, like, that's awesome. It, uh, I've managed to combine the two things, and that just requires a little bit of creativity. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of thought process. And so opening your, your mind, your horizons, I suppose, to think about what am I good at, what do I know, what, what skills do I have, and then going, right, let's just brainstorm completely how could I apply those yeah like if it was easy if I could get someone to pay me to do this yes all day long then it's not a job it's fun yeah first of all and like and I've got time like if you're a student and you're still doing your GCSEs there's still time to think about this stuff yeah You've got it's brilliant. all this time to figure it out now's a good time to start brainstorming and yeah. getting your head around it I suppose and it's really important to do it in that order because if you go and look for a job that and go which one of these suit me you're still only basing it on your current knowledge of the job market. Mm. And I feel like that's where a lot of us make mistakes. Like I did when I was younger. I was like, oh, well, I know what acting is, so I'll be an actor. And that was it. Like, there's nothing more to it. I'm not going to look into anything else. I'll be an actor or I'll dance because I do those two things. Whereas I didn't know about producers. I didn't know about directors. I didn't know you could write the script. I didn't know you could be like a camera team behind it. I didn't know you could be a stunt double. And as you grow older, you learn about all these other things that are still in the same industry. So actually... If your child doesn't know exactly what they want to do, something in mm -hmm. is fine. Work with that and just give them a load of examples mm. from job descriptions online to documentaries to YouTube. There's a YouTube video about everything yeah. <laughs> of someone who does something really cool in that thing they like. And it will start to like become exciting to think about the future yeah. rather than just these stereotypical jobs. I get students who are like, oh, I want to be a mechanic. I'm like, okay, what's your favourite car? Oh, I love Jaguars. I'm like, okay, so I want to be a Jaguar mechanic. What do you mean? Like, be a mechanic that works with Jaguar, only works in Jaguar all day. Like, oh, yeah. And it's just sometimes really simple things. Or be an F1 mechanic and yeah. aim a little higher. <laughs> but it's exactly that. <laughs> yeah, a student at my school did exactly that. He knew exactly what he wanted to do as he got to the age of 16. He wanted to be an F1 mechanic. Uh, he didn't want to do A-levels. Mm. Um, he wanted to, to work something in F1 and he worked his way around it and yeah. now he's in a great team travels the world loves every second of it that's amazing oh, oh I think I know what you're talking about actually yeah 
Yeah, and he was passionate about that the whole oh, time yeah. through school. That wasn't yeah. that wasn't a, a 15, 16 year old decision. That was a yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14. He, he knew what he was going to be doing, how yeah. he was going to do it. Did a lot of research into the, the method to get there, or the, the route to get there. Uh, and he's still there today. So and yeah. found a route via kind of work experience, didn't? didn't yeah, he? did kind a lot of local work circuit yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. worked his way up through that. Because that's one of the things that we advise parents to try and do, if possible, even if it's between year eleven and year twelve, is to find some kind of relevant job experience. If you can go and do something, it doesn't have to be done by a school. If you have a local company that you could say, look, I've got some free labour for you for yeah. a week. Yeah. Are you interested? Most of them will, will make that work for you and then you can go in and actually get an idea of whether it's something you want to do. Yeah. I was lucky in that my school used to finish at one o'clock on a Friday and we would be allowed to do enrichment activities, <laughs> which for some people just meant like go home. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I used to go along to my old primary school and help out in their classes for the afternoon awesome. and I loved it. Awesome. And that completely reinforced for me that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with children, I wanted to teach. That was what I wanted to do. And that experience made a massive difference as to whether I got into uni or not for the course yeah, that I wanted I because I could then say well yeah here's my experience here's what I've done mm. here are all the ways that I have worked to kind of expand my experience and to be ready for this this training and uh, that was what got me in so it's awesome. uh, it's worth having a think about now so that you've got time to go well no what could I do in terms of work experience that fits around what I want to do and what I love? Where could I volunteer? How could I get a bit of a feel for it? So, yeah, well, yeah. a letter. Coming back to my time in the in the classroom as a tutor, it's so so clear about students know roughly what they want to do, so they arrange a work experience in it. They go and spend two weeks in a company, a fabulous company, and they come out of it realizing actually it's not what <laughs> yeah. they wanted. Or sometimes it works out the other way around where they do the two weeks, obviously they're not getting paid for it, and at the end of it they get an offer, an opportunity to come back and work in the summer, do an apprenticeship, and it gives you that, or gives them that real uh, clarity about is this something that I want to do, or do I want to carry on with my education, do I want to go to university, or is the apprenticeship route appropriate, and there's so many opportunities, or so many examples I have of that, yeah. where it just proves that work experience is so, so, so important whether you're in year 11, 12, 13, whatever it is, it is, it's, you know, getting that bit of experience is vital at this stage of their education. Yeah, and it makes you stand out so much because you're not just saying, oh, I'd love to do this. It's like, well, everyone's got something they'd love to do. Show me the... Yeah, well, they're making decisions based on having done it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> far better than making a decision based on, I think it might be all right. Yeah. I'll give it a go. Make the mistake or, or, or get the experience early on it makes uh, you can make informed decisions near you know, when it when it gets to the important point. So, so true. Let's let's take this back to to you then. When you how old were you when you were youth MP? Um, GCSEs did sixth form for a year and then went to youth MP. So probably seventeen. And what kind of what was the catalyst for that? What what made you go? Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so in year eleven, they asked me to go through the youth MP elections, and I said no. Nah. It sounds boring. Um, then they asked me to run. And again, I said, no, that sounds really boring. Um, and he was saying, oh, well, you know, just apply. It'll be good for your CV. This is back in the days of connections because oh, we had yeah. connections. And we had yeah. people who were like, you know, yeah. the youth workers who were on your case to do something positive. And I was like, right, to shut you up, <laughs> I will come along. I'll do a speech. I'll say I'm running. And then I'll write it on my CV later. Great. 
And then I went and did it, and then I won with like 68% of the votes. Nice. And I was like, ah, oh, that was not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got into the role due to the fact that I quite like the idea of school council. So I was like, it probably won't be that different. And then I won. I was like, ah, oh, well, I've won now, so I might as well see what it's like. Went to, I think, two meetings, and there was a real air of like, oh, there's a young person in the room. Great. Anyway, and I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. So I decided to leave sixth form and do it like full-time voluntary for a year and just turn up to everything and you have no choice but to take me seriously. Um, which, again, my parents were like, you can do it. If you stop being constructive at any point in that year, you're going back to sixth form. So it's in your hands what you'll make of it. Um, did it, fell in love with the impact of young people, working with young people, hated the politics. There was always an agenda behind every decision. It was never just, hey, this would be good for young people, so let's do it. Um, so I decided, right, I'm going to figure out how to just do something good for young people as a business and see if it can be sustainable. And someone was like, yeah, you, you're good at this stuff. You could probably make a business out of it. So I got work experience. Shadowed him around the country for a year or two. And then he mentored me into starting my own business. And now we're really good friends. He's a godfather to my daughter. Like We're really, really good friends now. Um, but it started with, yeah, just trying it. Just go for it. Let's do a bit of volunteering. See but without happens. the youth MP role, you wouldn't have gone down the path? Didn't no way. Work? Without the youth MP role, I reckon I would have gone to like an acting school and done some acting and be hopefully acting now. Probably. Yeah, or architecture, but that's completely different. I don't know how old I was when I figured out I loved that. But yeah, one of those two. But that youth MP, that work experience year of just volunteering and seeing what happens was the change of everything. Awesome. So when you, like, of the, the people you've worked with, of the young people that you've worked with in schools, do you have any that particularly kind of stand out as like, yeah, I did that? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um... I got a, face, a Facebook post came up the other day. I did a, I do spoken word. I released a spoken word piece and someone shared it and I just went to read it and it literally said, listen to this random guy. This random guy came into my school in Blackpool, which was the first college I ever got, like did as a proper job. Um, he came to my school and this random guy made me believe in myself and this random guy made me think I can be more than I was. And due to this random guy, I got an agent, I'm on spotlight, I'm acting. And, and I was like, whoa. And this was seven years ago, and she posted that a few weeks ago. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, there's a lad called David who literally works with us now. Um, we've basically replaced whatever he was earning with River Island and stuff to do some Google Analytics for us, whilst he's deciding what he wants to do, and he's looking at unis and that kind of thing. But it's just, he went through our course, um, he talks about like how I was saying how you get opportunities. You need to show what you can do. Don't just tell people. Do an example. If you really like graphic design, go to a company with an example of a new logo for them. Like, do the thing. Don't talk about doing the thing. So he came in and was like, "Look at your website. It's rubbish. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> this is awful. Your YouTube channel. This makes no sense." And I was like, "Awesome. Come do some work experience with us." And it was so good that I was like, "I need to keep you." So, how do we do that? <laughs> and one day a week, he does our online stuff and he's awesome so yeah and oh yeah there's loads there's loads of little in um, emails I get and direct messages on Instagram from students it's just it's awesome it's the best part of it 
Nice. So what of, of what you go in and do, what's your favourite bit to deliver? Uh, my favourite bit is our six-week programme, the My Student Brand programme, because... Hang on a second, it's super... Heroes a second ago. No, he Make just likes the dressing up. <laughs> <laughs> I love the superhero program, but I'm only in there like three times. Okay. Um, so that's more the students get more out of that than I get out of that, which is always the idea, to be fair. Carry on. Whereas the six week programs with older students, so like year, I've done it with year nines, tens, elevens, and twelves. Um, I love that program because I get to see them for ninety minutes every week for six weeks. So you get a relationship. So we get to talk about things other than just what's in the workbook and we've had some amazing conversations from students from minority backgrounds not feeling comfortable and how they deal with that and ask about my experience and being able to help with that um uh, girls who weren't feeling like they could do the same things that boys were doing and it was just a re- it's been amazing because it's just freedom to have real conversations and we talk about money and we talk about tax and we talk about credit cards and all these things that stung me when I got out of school that I had no idea was coming because there's just no it seems there's no space in the curriculum no, to actually there isn't. even when you're teaching percentages because maths teacher here yeah it, you can't you don't have the time to fit in all the stuff that you want to do even though it would be so much a better way to teach it yeah because it's practical and it's useful and it makes sense to people yeah there's just there's not the time there's not the space it's uh, the the system is somewhat broken yeah exactly so we like fill we do the what gaps we can. Yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah we just try and fill the gaps and it's just so fun and they're all like they take how much <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's awesome because at least i know you're prepared so with this program is it to uh, small groups is it to uh, whole year groups Typically, um, I like to only work with a max of 15 students at a time, in, especially in that program because it's so in-depth. Um, unless there's two of us, we do a bit more. But I'll see probably 45 to 60 students a day. And I'll see those same students every day for six weeks. Um, we might do like a year assembly so that everyone gets something. But then after that, I'll just see the same students. And the makeup of those classes, mainly boys? Um, it's all depend on the school. So every year it seems they change um, who, need, who schools need to be focused on most. So some schools look at it and say, all right, have our lowest ability and help them out. Other schools say, no, have our top performing students who academically are sound, no problems academically, but they're not well-rounded because they've been so academically focused. So just help them be confident in speaking. Um, and it all depends on the schools. Yeah. You know, um, we try our best to not influence it. I think teachers know the kids better than I do. So I could give you like an idea or I can tell you the content of the program and they go make the decision. And that has been the best way I've seen it done. Um, teachers get it right. Teachers just put the right students in front of us. Yep. Um, when they give us the power, we give you an idea of what kind of student, but teachers just know. You tell them the program details, they go, right, I know exactly who needs to be in the room. And it works, it really works well. Yeah, that's my absolute favourite. And we cover everything from the this or that questions to the how much do you want to make by the time you're 25? What career? What's your family look like? And really explain to girls, you don't have to have children. And really explain to guys, you can fall in love with one person at 17 and you're still cool. Like, it's fine. Nice. Um, what impact do you want to have on the world? Health, physical, mental, and most importantly, your bucket list. What do you want to just experience by the time you're 25? And the idea of asking all these questions is it's well-rounded. We're going to talk about what you want to do in the future. We're going to talk about the importance of exam results. 
but it's got to be weaved in with so much real life stuff that makes you go, oh, yeah, I need to do one GCs because I really want to get that car. And to get that car, I need that jump. And to get that job, I so need this. the bucket list is related to the, the money side of it you talk about as well. So you can't yeah. have that bucket list without the job that's probably going to support it. Exactly. So we go career, finance, family, and then bucket list and impact. Yeah. And I don't even have to really say it to them. They sort of work out themselves and go, oh, well, I want to see seven countries by the time I'm 25. How much does that cost? So we look it up. And it's never as much as they think it is, um, which is great for them. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can do this. And the next page, when we start talking about, okay, how are things going now? <laughs> They're like, ah, yeah, I can see why I'm not going to see visit seven countries by 25. And we work on fixing it. And it's just a system that has worked really well. Let's get you excited about the future. Let's get excited about who you are. Let's get you to understand how important you are and get you to like fall in love with yourself. Then fall in love with where you want to go. And then let's have the conversation about your behaviour now. But in a six-week programme, we probably talk about your behaviour in week four because there's no point in having that conversation until you're excited. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I so, wish you lot had been around and doing this stuff when I was at school because <laughs> I could have done with a bit of that, I think. That is the most common feedback we get from parents, teachers. It's, it's amazing. And I got a call the other day to a college that I'm going to go and work in and I asked him just, oh out of interest why have you moved college and got me in again I really appreciate it, but why and he's like to be honest you had a great effect on the students but it was me and I was like what do you mean he's like at the time I was a PE teacher and I was just coasting it was all right I heard you and I was like I could do more and now I'm head of department at this college and I run this and run this and honestly it's because of your speech so thank you and I was like whoa you're an adult <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've always been scared of talking to teachers. I don't know why. I just always had that fear of like, I will not come in and talk to teachers. They study for years. They got degrees. Like, no. We're all just making it up as we go along. <laughs> that's that's how it works. So now, now I do CPD, and now I started to actually talk to teachers because I'm like, oh, oh, they 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 are open mm. to hearing it if they care. I've seen some teachers who don't care as much, but the teachers who care about the kids are like whatever you've got that I could take and like make my own, I'm going to yeah. use it. And it's been awesome. And those are the teachers that you we need more of in schools, but unfortunately they're all getting a little bit more switched off and uh, and leaving. We uh, need to do something about this. We might need you back as an MP. Oh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, my mum said this to me the other day. She was like, come on, look at everything that's going on. You were you a youth MP mm-hmm. and you could have if you... And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Maybe when I'm way, way, way older and I've done all this stuff and I'm not relevant to students anymore. When I walk in and I say, hey, and they're like, uh, what do you know? Then I'm like, okay, this is my time. I'll train some young, younger people to go and do it. I'll step away. Maybe, maybe look at politics. But you did say you were the youth MP uh, who um, didn't like the politics behind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Possibly says you need to give it a year or two. Yeah. Rediscover the love for it and come back to it. Or that could be my USP. Well, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's what we I'm need sick of it too. That would be my, my slogan. <laughs> Vote for Kamal. I'm sick of it too. <laughs> and actually, it might work.
We we did consider uh, with all the chaos that was going on around the kind of the original Brexit referendum and things, uh, setting up what well, we I considered because I was annoyed by it all setting yeah. up the Common Sense Party because oh. isn't it time for some common sense? Tell See? me about it. And I had all the slogans, but then it was all just a little <laughs> bit too complicated, and I don't actually have time, so yeah. it didn't yeah. happen. But yeah, it's um, maybe maybe. Well, I need okay. to be the first Black James Bond first. Okay. And once I've done that, then okay. Important. Yeah. I think Idris Elba's a little bit ahead of me. Well, maybe a smidge. Yeah. yeah. But I've got time. Yeah. He's getting old, though. So. Yeah. He's yeah. I've got to wait till I reckon oh, but 40. He's, he's working it, so it's okay. Oh, he is. Okay. Gorgeous. <laughs> it's a gorgeous man. <laughs> anyway, this is going in a different direction. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> So, um, so if, if there are parents listening, thinking, oh my goodness, we need this guy to come in and talk to our kids, yeah. how do they go about doing that? Does it have to go via school? Do you do anything? Um, it used to. Now we've developed um, a little bit of a parent sort of, uh, almost like a parent club, just with suggestions of, hey, here's an exercise that could be fun. Here's a conversation. Here's a list of 10 questions. Um, and we're looking to launch that sort of in the next couple of weeks because we're starting to get more and more messages from parents and hey you came in my, my child enjoyed it what now yeah and I'm like well ask your school and it, it's sort of not fair yeah it's trickier to get the message through to school isn't it that's that's why we started the parent guide to GCSE we there just wasn't anything out there for parents and as yeah. a parent you you've got what 50% of the learning time is with you yeah <laughs> at home. and if you don't know how to support them because everything's changed like, even since you did GCSEs, everything yeah. is, is different. And it's tough to know kind of where to start. Like, yeah. where, how do I help? What is the right question? Because you do, as a parent, always question what you're doing. Am I doing this right? Yeah. Am I asking them the right questions? Am I nagging them when they should be nagged? Am I nagging them too much? Mm. There's, it's a really, really tough gig. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really tough gig. So we thought we should start something that would then kind of support parents in in asking the right questions and and doing the right stuff so it sounds like we need to have a chat about this yeah definitely definitely so where can parents find this information when it is launched when it is launched it will be aimalittlehigher.com forward slash parents perfect and it will be ready there yeah try and keep it simple (laughs) yeah Um, for the teachers who may be listening um, and they want to get you into their school Uh, aimalittlehigher.com and that's got all the information on there yeah, Excellent. no forward slash, go to the main page, watch the demo video, see if you like the style, and then, yeah, yeah get in touch and we'll see what we can build for your school. I know I can vouch for it. You came in and spoke at a school um, when I was teaching there, and I was super busy because I was trying to get down to see you and go, hi, yeah. <laughs> from the corner, and just embarrass you completely. But um, <laughs> but I couldn't, couldn't make it, but the kids were talking about it for a while afterwards That's because amazing. they got so much out of it. Because it's nice for them to have someone come in who's not like, I'm a teacher and I care about your results. Because as a student, you feel like the teachers kind of, I don't know, have a vested interest. Yeah, Yeah, there's an agenda with it. Whereas with someone else, it's like, no, this guy actually comes in because he cares. Yeah. And that's then making a big difference. And it's the same thing with parents, I think. You you struggle to ask the questions because as a kid, you're like, oh parents having to go <laughs> asking awkward questions and you yeah. feel like they've got an agenda even when as a parent you probably don't mm. like my mum told me that I should read the Harry Potter books because I'd really enjoy them so I did not read the Harry Potter books <laughs> for like three or four years because she had said I would enjoy them and I was like oh, fine 
then I definitely will not enjoy them yeah. because I know best. And that's such a waste of my time. <laughs> yeah. I could have reread them again in that time. Yeah, it is crazy. But it's, it's psychological. I don't know whether it was a girl thing, just like that total. Oh, don't say that. I've got two girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much fun. It could just fun. be the teenage thing where possibly the shutters yeah. just come straight down and yeah. stay down for about six years or so. Yeah. Yeah, we, we cheated with our kids. Um, and a friend of ours is in HR. And so we got her to do a little kind of mock interview with them and ask nice. all the questions that they'd be asked if they were in an interview for a job or something. And she did an amazing, amazing job with it. And it was nice to have someone else asking yeah. the question because it wasn't then a, a parent thing. And it wasn't like, well, you should know that yeah, because yeah. you're my parent. So that is something that's probably worth considering. If you've got a friend who you trust enough to do that kind of thing and ask the right questions if you're struggling with that relationship nice. with your child because for whatever reason you know it does sometimes break down with oh, parents yeah. and teenagers they we were told years ago they go through the teenage phase and they turn into what, whatever teenagers are but you will eventually get your child back yeah just you just have to be patient yeah, and really grow out of it. You know? <laughs> we did a blog post, there's no cure for being a teenager. It is. It's yeah. like neurological science as to why they go a little bit do lally. <laughs> but um, you know, if if you aren't in a position where you can have those kind of conversations like the interview me questions and yeah, stuff, yeah. then you know, there are other people that could do that. It's worth outsourcing. Yeah, Possibly, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And um, I think part of what we're going to start doing more of is we used to do these YouTube clips where it was like a question, one question, you play it, plays a question, um, and it's probably going to start doing more of that. So it's like, oh, here's this guy. He does poetry and stuff. It's kind of cool. Oh, look, there's a question, and it just becomes a bit more um, casual. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I, it's funny. My friends had the two approaches. They had like that really like, hey, nurturing. No, then there was the conversation with my dad after I failed my mocks, and that was a different conversation. Mm-hmm. He said, in this house from now on, C's are crap. B's are better and A's are acceptable. Nice. Which was really harsh, and I ignored completely until I got a piece of homework back from my English teacher, and it had a C, and I was like, did she just call me crap? And I was like, madam, I can't take this home help. And it just created this mission to just get to the acceptable standard. And it stopped all conversations about anything below. So it wouldn't be like a, oh, how come I got a C? It was always, why didn't I get an A? And it just yeah. asked better questions. Mm-hmm. I got a B, why, why didn't I get an A? And my dad's questions were, is it an A? No, ah, cool, well, I need to figure out why it wasn't an A. And we stopped conversating about anything else. And it just became, we talk about A's, we talk about A's, so I must get A's. And then, in the end, I got seven A's and two A stars. But that's only because my inner personal standards changed. And I think if you can find a way to almost set a standard of these numbers now are what's acceptable, yeah. you just change the, the, the belief inside. It's really weird. It just reprogrammed my whole mind to just, I'm going to aim for A's. Whereas before, I was like, C's a pass. I passed. Yeah. Right. I mean, students these days, targets are everything. And the targets are given to you by the school, by the teacher. And generally, they, students work to those. They don't yeah. aspire to go beyond them. Absolutely. That, yeah, it's a kind of but, that will do message yeah. rather than a, yeah. you, can, you can go to the top here. Oh, but they're based on like when you were in year six and you did <laughs> yeah. your sats. Yeah. Like, I was a whole other person at that point. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I talk to students about that because I'm like, you can take your target grade, but if you're competitive like I am, 
I saw my target grades and I literally wrote next to them what I actually wanted. I got the little blue sheet of the exams and I wrote next to it, cool, I want this grade and that, this grade and that. And that was my target, regardless mm. of what the, that teacher had thought. Mm. Um, and if we can get students to start thinking a bit more competitively, a bit more freely for themselves, I always explain it like a thermostat. And I say to students, look, from a thermostat set at like 20 degrees, it'll work really hard, it'll get hot, it'll get to 20, and you'll hear the click and it goes off because it's made it. And if I open a window, it gets cold, you'll hear it come on again. And I'm like, whatever you're okay with getting now, that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to work real hard after parents' evening, real hard after your marks, and you'll get to it, and then you will relax. And eventually the room gets cold again. And you either get that new grade, because that's just timing, or you work hard again to get to that. So what if we all just set our thermostat that a little bit higher, and we all said, hey, let's just aim for nines. And what it does is it gives you room to fail. You might aim for nines, it goes wrong, you get eights. Well done. Yeah. It goes terrible, you get sevens. Well done. Whereas if you aim for just, like a four is a uh, pass, right? Yeah. And I'm always like, if you aim for a four, and then in the exam you sneeze, and your snot covers one of your answers, and you, <laughs> and you miss the one mark, nice. you've now failed, because you are only yeah. aiming for just enough. You leave no room for things to go wrong. Yeah. So even just out of the, the freedom to fail a bit more, Aim for the line and just see what happens. Yeah. And the way you explained it, I liked... It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I've, I've got a B, I've got a whatever, I'm a failure. Yeah. I suck at this. It was, right, what do I need to do to fix this? Yeah. It was, there's something here that just isn't quite right yet, and I can do that. Yeah. It was a kind of something to move you on rather than something that defines you. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think, is another thing that parents have struggled with. We've had parents saying that they've come home with their mock results, they're really disappointing, and they're just saying, right, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm not revising, because yeah. it's kind of, it's visceral, isn't it? Like, yes. you get those and you feel like a failure. Yeah. And you've got to stop kind of thinking like that and go with, do you know what, this is where I am now, it's mm. not where I want to end up, mm. what do I need to do? I've got a whole literal 10 minute section of the assembly where I just talk to them about the fact that they're a miracle um, and that your grade is just a result of something you do. It's nothing to do with you as a person. You're the miracle. You're that, still that same baby that everyone's excited about. It's you. Just, you've got this grade. And mocks, all mocks do is say, if you continue to approach school in this way, this is what will probably happen. If you're unhappy with it, just change the approach. From failing my mocks to seven A's and two A stars, three things changed. That's it. I stopped turning up late to every lesson, mm -hmm. which for me meant avoiding. We have these red benches, and in between every lesson, go to the red benches because everyone knows we'll be there. And if a male teacher comes, the girls run in and we get sent away. If a female teacher comes, we run in the toilet, and we've got it all planned out. It's sussed. I'm having flashbacks now. Yeah. <laughs> just hold your water bottle. Out. Have your water bottle in your pocket, ready. Yeah. Teacher comes. I'm just filling up the water. Yeah. And I was late to every lesson. Mm -hmm. So my solution, I first tried to be on time. Very hard to leave the red benches once you're there. So I just avoided the red benches for a little while and got to lessons on time. Secondly, I just moved seats. I can't explain the power behind moving seats. I sat next to like my closest friends. So all I want to do to them is talk. And if I don't get the work, at least I can feel good about myself by making my mates laugh. So I moved to the front of the class, it's the smartest person in the room, so I could cheat. And then I realised, you can't cheat on the practice test. So I'm still getting the same results. So plan B, help. And I just asked her for help all the time. Then got to a point where I was like, if you're my real friends, you don't care if I'm asking for help. So 
madam, I'm stuck. Yeah. And got the help I needed. And the third thing was revision. Just did a little bit. And I learned, set weekly goals, not daily goals. If you say I'm going to revise an hour every day, you might on Monday, you might on Tuesday, Wednesday, you don't, and now you're like, oh, I've messed it up now. And it stops. If you say five hours a week, by Sunday, just make sure you hit the five. Whether that means on Sunday you're doing four, yeah. or it means yeah. on Sunday you're doing one, you give yourself the space. Um, and if you can start helping them to set goals, to create habits that are sort of scorable, it makes it way easier. Yeah. And it's a bit more fair. You know, I can say, oh, to be honest, mom, to be honest, dad, I'm not feeling that great today. I just want to chill. And it's like, all right, fine. Well, you need to do seven hours this week. Let's not do it today. And tomorrow you're probably going to have to do an hour and a half. And the next day do an hour and a half. But you'll be back on track for the seven. So that's fine. And then it becomes this thing of like, oh, I've got to do it. But you're willing to negotiate with me. Thanks. <laughs> it makes so much more sense when you're at uni. There's no one to make you sit down and do your nope. work. So you've got to be able to get to that point of self-discipline. Yeah. And if you find a way that works for you, then that's so much better than yeah. having to have someone else kind of do it for you. Absolutely. Sorry, I interrupted. Um, what was your third thing? Um, so, yeah, literally. So turn up on time, uh, move seats, and then start to revise. And just be a bit creative. Your phone, record your voice. I don't like my voice, get over it. Record your voice, <laughs> headphones in, walk the dog, play it back to yourself. Doing the hoover in, play it back to yourself. If you're playing FIFA on a PlayStation, just play it back to yourself. I like that you think teenagers hoover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to when your children are teenagers and you find out that that's not how it works. Oh, we had strict chores. Strict chores <laughs> that had to be done. You went from teenagers hoovering to teenagers playing FIFA. That one was... I believe. <laughs> I think I'm going in order of my of my evenings of how it used to work. I, could... I think we're doing this wrong. <laughs> it's not FIFA, it's Fortnite. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Um, and even like, I always joke with them about, you know, when you're at a house party, you check your headphones in. And <laughs> they never do that, of course. But it's just showing like, that's all it takes. That's how I won um, the Peter Jones Challenge. I knew all my numbers, all my details because I had it in my headphones. And just whenever I was doing something random, it was playing, it just repeated. Um, I got an A star in English literature. I didn't like English literature. But uh, we had to do role plays. So it's me, my best mate Andy, a bunch of people from our class acting as characters from the book. It was the funniest thing ever. So the exam came around, how did this character feel? I'm like, easy. That was Andy, he looked like an idiot. He said this, 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 and he felt like this. And it just flowed. It just didn't feel hard because the revision was so funny. So it's like, if you can hack that system of make revision as entertaining as revision can be. Yeah. yeah. You were talking about teaching in the choir and I actually had this vision of like a choir singing the periodic table or like singing the order in which, you know, certain yeah, totally events happen. a song for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I only know the first line, but I do know at least the first five yeah. elements. Yeah. And it's like, just make it entertaining, make it a bit more engaging. It's how we learn our ABCs. Mm-hmm. We learn Tinkle Tinkle Little Star, they change the lyrics, we learn our ABCs. I still do that to this day. And it's like, yeah. let's just use all these techniques that adverts use to get our money, to just get our grades. Yeah. And when I sort of pitch it at that level, everyone goes, oh yeah. <laughs> that's a good point that's why I see the same advert 17 times a day yeah because it needs to be repeated to stick in my mind so 
Yeah, it's um, if you in theory, I think it's what ten minutes after you've learned something, you review it, and then it's what a day, two days. Uh, so ten minutes a day, a, a week, week, a month, month three months. months. I remember now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then that is. Yeah, that's in. the science behind it is wow. to get it from your short term to your long term memory. That's what you should five do. Stages. Yeah, five wow. stages. So and it's stuck in yeah. your mind. Yeah. Fair. And. And that's what it is. I give the analogy of like it's like a library. Yeah. You walk into the library and you say to the librarian, I'd like this really obscure book on something really random. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, okay. They have to look it up and then they have to go and search for it and it's like dusty and they have to climb up the ladder and go fetch it. But if you go back the following day, they'll remember where it was and they'll be able to go back and get mm. it. They'll be like, Seriously, are you kidding me? I've got to climb the ladder again. Yeah. yeah. But they'll know, know where it is. Go. And then if you go back like, every day for the next week and you ask for the same book, they're going to get to the point where they're like, right, it's here. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's under the desk. It's I'm so just going to hand it to you because they know it's important to you. Yeah. So they store it somewhere helpful and easy. And that's what you're doing with your brain. You're saying, like, this is information that I need at the moment. Can you store it somewhere handy for me? I'm going to keep reminding you of it so you know it's important so that you know really quickly, like, it's here. It's exactly here. Yeah. Like the stuff on your computer desktop you're like oh, where have I stored where, that random thing that I made three years ago I don't know but if you if it's something that you use on a daily basis yeah. you can get to it straight oh away oh my gosh if your children have iPhones make them swap someone's phone and find an app quickest oh, yeah. it's impossible to find an app on someone else's phone yeah. it's all in the wrong place and you have to actually remember what it looks and it's, it's hilarious to watch and just scramble like where is it it makes no sense and it's exactly that yeah it's yeah. It's not in the right place where you put it. Yeah. So, the, like, if you read your if you read your notes, then your your brain goes, oh yeah, we remember this because we wrote this down, mm. and it will recognise and bring back what you wrote because that's exactly what you wrote. Mm. Whereas if someone takes your notes away and then asks you a question, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, I don't have that nudge anymore. I don't have the little map of the library in front of me anymore, yeah. which is why you've got to get it fully, firmly in your long term memory. So just reading your notes once before you go in the exam <laughs> is not going to do the trick. Like writing out the same thing three times once is not yeah. going to do the trick. You've got to revisit. And so it's, it's kind of, it's, as you said, hacking it. It's finding what works for you and then using it yeah. and sticking with it and, and like making a plan so that yeah. you know you've revisited everything and you've got back to where you should be. And, uh, and then if you've got stuff that just won't sink in, because you know there's just... There's sometimes stuff that you just can't quite do. Yes. Like there's words you just can't spell unless you write them down and you look at them because yeah. there's something in your brain that just goes, nope. Yeah. If you've got those things, make a note of them on a bit of paper and just, because it's, it's like a handful of things, mm. take that with you, read it literally before you walk in the exam, leave the bit of paper in your bag, obviously, because we're not advocating cheating here. <laughs> and, uh, and then as soon as you get in, you should have some spare paper or you've got the back of your... An exam booklet, oh just gosh. regurgitate it like straight on there. You can do that, I think, even before yeah. you've started because you've not opened your exam paper. And then all the things that you knew you were struggling to remember are there, right there. Yeah, I had like a complete mind dump of just yeah, random things in yeah. random orders that meant nothing Which together. Yeah. Question paper, but at least you got it all down. Yeah, because yeah. you yeah. can Another take your brain in with you, yeah. and that way you only have to remember it for like the five minutes it takes to get yourself lined up. Yeah, in. you know and. So there's, there's ways around it, even if you don't have the best memory. Yeah. So it's just, oh, you've just got to find what works for you and, uh, and make it happen. But yeah, yeah. It's, it then comes back to mindset. It's just, are you 
going to do what it takes? Are you going to aim that little bit higher? Yeah. Are you going to make it happen? Because you're the only person that can. That's it. And that's why the future's got to be exciting. And the possibility's got to be exciting. Because if I know once I get over this nonsense, that's there for me, I'll do the nonsense. I'll do that. That's fine. Because I know the end goal is going to be awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Fabulous. Right. Well, I think that's probably about it. I think we've covered pretty much everything <laughs> in the whole world and a bit more. So, massive thank you. Again, um, if you uh, are part of school or you're a parent and you want to get involved and find out a little bit more uh, about how you can get your child to aim a little higher, or frankly, if you need a bit of inspiration yourself, <laughs> aimalittlehigher.com and uh, get in touch, give them a shout. And huge, huge thank you for oh, your time. It's been time. a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Very much. Uh, I think... I've come away with some useful stuff, which is always a good sign when you're recording a podcast. And <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, what can I aim a little bit higher on now? Mm. That's it. I've learned how to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Fab. Then we've all done our job. That's it's it. It's all good. So um, until next time, uh, we have been the Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about what we do, we're at parentguidetogcse.com. We have lots of useful free stuff to support you. You should get yourself on the mailing list so you get all the tips and tricks as we come out with uh, stuff and free things but we also have a support program so if you are really struggling with helping your child and knowing exactly what to do we are there for you just take a look at parentguidetogcse.com and then if you click sign up it will tell you everything that you need to know about joining if uh, if you'd like us to lend a bit of a hand oh my gosh i had a peek of your website there was one thing that i was like oh that's amazing you had this table of how to know what to revise when yeah that was amazing because i was like i have this conversation with students all the time yeah but what do i revise and when do i do it and how do i fit it in so yeah i i joined just for that (laughs) i think that table was awesome awesome right we'll uh, we'll pay you later (laughs) um (laughs) kidding obviously um right this has been the parent guide to gcse.com podcast it's been awesome we will talk to you again in about a month know more about how you can support your child through their GCSEs, then head over to parentguide to gcse.com. See you next time.